0: Philippians chapter 3 and uh, verse 13 here. Look at verse 13. Paul says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. Think about what Paul's saying there. He says, I have not arrived yet. I have not finished yet. I, I haven't made it yet. He says, But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are where? Behind, and reaching forth unto those which are where? Before. Then he says this, He says, I press. Let's say that together. I press. Ready? I press. One more time. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. How many would agree with me this morning that Paul was a passionate person? Paul was a very passionate man. He had unwavering focus. Sometimes I look at the life of Paul and I think, Brother Brother Isaac, I think, how did he do it? How did he do it? How did did Paul the Apostle start so many churches? At the same time, mentoring up-and-coming church leaders. At the same time, playing the evangelist to many other churches. At the same time, sitting in a jail cell. At the same time, writing half of the New Testament. How did this man, how did he accomplish so much? If you think about it, Paul was just a regular man. Just like you or me. My dad used to say this, he put his pants on one leg at a time. Just like you or I. He had regular guy problems. So how did he accomplish so much? Look at verse 14 again. Notice what Paul says here. Mind you, sitting in a prison cell, I press towards the mark. You see, Paul's secret is no matter what life threw at him, he just kept pressing on. He just kept pressing on. So this last Sunday of 2020, as a new year begins, all the struggles and trials and blessings of a year are past. How can we go on to live a victorious Christian life next year? How can we make 2021 an incredible year? And the answer is, we just got to keep pressing on. So that's my message. Let's go home, amen? Keep pressing on. Let's pray. Father, once again, I pray one more time before we have our message today. Lord, I know, I know as I'm standing here, just like my own family, we have many things to do, many places to go, many responsibilities. Holy Spirit, help us to slow down for a minute. And Lord, help us to listen to your voice as you speak to our hearts. God, work in our hearts through, this, through this, this scripture, Lord. Thank you for Paul. Thank you, Lord, for using him to be such a great example to us. But Lord, also, thank you for this passage of scripture. Help us, Lord, to really focus on this as we come into a new year. Lord, help us to keep pressing on when it gets hard. Help us keep pressing on when others seem to be giving up. Help us to keep pressing on. Lord, I pray that you'd encourage the heart of a young mother this morning as she every day deals with her little kids. Help her to keep pressing on. I pray for that man who gets up to three o'clock in the morning and commutes to his job to provide food for his family. I pray that you'd help him to keep pressing on. I pray for the struggling married couple today who are not sure how they're going to make it work. I pray that they would keep pressing on. I pray for that person, Lord, who's been serving in the ministry and they're tired. They're thinking about quitting. Help them to keep pressing on. I pray for someone who might be on the sidelines today, Lord, who have been out of your will, out of the ministry, out of doing what you'd have them to do. Help them to jump back in and to keep pressing on. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I see three simple truths here that Paul gives us in these two very concise verses, two uh two verses that just pack such a, a wonderful truth. And how many have heard messages on these verses? How many have these verses memorized? Very popular verses, and and I and I and sometimes we we don't focus on them because they're so popular. But Paul says here three things I think that can really help us today. Live a victorious Christian life next year. So if you're taking notes, let me give you number one today. Number one is this: you can't press on while focused on the past. You cannot press on if you're focused on the past. There's two things in the past that we're going to talk about. There's good things and there's bad things. Let's talk about the good things that we try, sometimes we focus on. Paul says, when, I, when, when Paul says, when I look at my life and Paul considered what he had done, his past accomplishments, the accolades, the rewards, the degrees, the good deeds, when Paul says he looks at all those things, then he makes the statement, I count not myself to have apprehended. All the things that I've done, all the good things that I've done, I have not yet arrived. And may I just remind all of us this morning that we have not arrived. We have not got to where God wants us to be. And so we need to keep pressing on. Look at verse 4 with me of this chapter. It says, though I might also have confidence in the flesh, Paul says, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh. Paul says, I more. Paul says, if there's anybody who can brag about what they've done, it's me. Paul, he says, verse five, I was circumcised the eighth day, the stock of Israel, tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee. Paul had a degree, a pedigree. He was the cream of the crop. He had the family name. He had respect. He had honor. He had a heritage. He had his degrees. He was at the top of the list. Paul was the A-lister at the parties. Paul had all of these things, and look at verse 6, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness, which is the law, blameless. Paul says, he says, all these things I have done, if anybody could look at their life and brag and all the good things that I've done and have said, okay, it's time to relax, it's time to retire, it's time to, Paul says, that was me, I I was that person, and, and think about the zeal that Paul had. Think about the commitment that he had. Paul wasn't just a Pharisee. Paul actually would go find those of us uh, like us, who believe in Christ. He would go find them in their homes. He would drag them away from their homes and bring them to the executioner. Talk about zeal. Talk about, I mean, that takes a special kind of person, a special kind of man to go and pull people away from their homes. And Paul says, all of those things that I did, all of those things that I did that were supposedly good, Paul says in verse 7, he says, those that I should have counted gained to me, I counted loss for Christ. I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, he says, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of what? All things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. Paul says, yes, who I was in the world's eyes was awesome, and who I was in the the eyes of my brethren was high up there. But he says, all those things that I did are dung. Obviously, that's pretty strong language. And I think about my own life, and I think about some of the things that I've done in my life, and maybe they were gained to me, quote unquote, but the truth is, is there's a lot of things that we have done that are nothing but done when it comes to Christ. All those good things, uh, I think about Paul, he probably had a trophy cabinet uh, with a with a Pharisee of the year award, you know, Pharisee of the month, 20 months in a row, you know. He was captain of the Pharisee bowling team. I mean, Paul had made it, but he counted it all as loss, a loss. There's some things that we have done in our past. It's time. It's time to put in the past. Isaiah says it this way. He says in Isaiah 40, 64, 6, but we are all as the unclean thing. Our righteousness are as filthy rags. We all do fade as a leaf and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. See, Paul's accomplishments he chalks them up as a loss, For Christ, he recognized that he was at this age in his life and he realized that he only had so much time left to serve Christ and all of this was a waste and he said, I need to serve Christ with my life and listen, this morning, he we need to serve Christ in our lives with what we have left in our lives and you might be a young person, you might be an older person, but serve God. Put the past in the past and serve God with what you have now in your life the time that you have left. And listen, God is not done with you. Serve God in your life today. Many years ago, a promising Greek artist named Timanthes, he was under the instruction of a well-known painter. And after many years of working and, and, and and, and, and learning how to paint, he painted a beautiful portrait of himself. And he took that beautiful portrait and he put it in his home. And he was so thrilled by his own talent, by his own work. And He would sit there and he would admire his own painting day after day. Then one day he was furious. He came home and discovered that his teacher had taken the painting and destroyed it. Timanthes ran to his tutor and he asked him why he destroyed such a cherished possession. And his teacher responded, I did it for your own good. He said the painting was good, but it wasn't perfect. So here's what he said. Start again and see if you can do better. The student took his advice and produced a masterpiece called The Sacrifice of Iphigenia. And this is regarded as one of the finest paintings in all of antiquity. The truth is, is that many of God's people are sitting around staring at the paintings of their past life. Thinking about what used to be, what I used to do, how I used to be involved, how I used to preach, how I used to sing. How I used to teach. Oh, I used to love working with young people. I used to love helping with the teenagers. I used to love, and we talk about, we stare at these paintings of the past. And may I say, it's time to put the past in the past and it's time to press on. I said, it's time to press on. There's the one side of the coin of the good things. And then there's the other side of the coin. Some of us don't have a stellar past. Some of us don't have a trophy case. And the truth is, maybe you're not proud of 2020. Maybe you've made some mistakes this year. Maybe you've gotten sidetracked. Maybe you are too busy to press on for the Lord. But brother and sister, it's time to put the past. The year is over. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. It's over. The past is in the past. So let's put the past where it belongs. And let's press on. Let's press on. It's time to forget the things that are behind us. God has some great things ahead of us, by the way. God has some wonderful things ahead for you in your life. God has some wonderful things ahead for you and your family. God has some wonderful things ahead for you in your marriage if you decide to press on. But you can't do that if you're focused on the past. Christians, a lot of Christians are sit around and talk about the good old days. Well, back in the good old, let me tell you something. The good old days are over. And there's some good old days today. Did I tell you we had 150 first-time guests last weekend? I don't know that it gets any better than good old days. Did I tell you, you just celebrated Christmas in America, the most blessed nation in the world, and you probably had presents under your tree, and you probably woke up in a warm house? These are the good old days. Hey, let's put the past in the past, and let's press on. Let's press on. Forget what's in the past. Boy, there are people living in the past in their marriages. Well, he, back in 1972, he forgot my birthday. Let it go. Amen. Press on. Well, man, so-and-so back 10 years ago, so-and-so said I wasn't, uh, I didn't have a quality voice and he didn't want me to sing. Listen, put all that stuff in the past and press on in your life. Paul, the apostle, didn't live in the past. He just kept moving. He just kept moving. And some of us, we get stuck in the past and all these things that happened in the past. Let me tell you something. God has some things he wants you to do today and this week and this year. So let's press on. You can't. Press on when you're focused on the past. Number two this morning, you can't press on. While focused, stay with me, while focused on your problems. I love this phrase. Paul says, and reaching forth. I just get this picture in my mind of uh, my little five-year-old on his tippy toes trying to reach the candy he's not supposed to eat. Reaching forth under those things which are before. I'm sure of it today as I said the title of the message, press on. I'm sure of it. Someone in this room whispered under their breath, but I have so many problems. I can't press on. I have so many problems. I have problems. I have problems. I have problems. And then I have problems with sub-problems and appendage problems. I don't think that was the way I was supposed to say that, but you know what I'm trying to say. In May of 2001, a man named Eric accomplished something that was only about 100, 150 people do every year. He reached the top of Mount Everest. The one thing though that made Eric's achievement unusual is that he was the first person, the first blind person to successfully scale the tallest mountain in the world. Eric was born with a degenerative eye disease and by the time he was 13, he was completely blind. But rather than focus on what he could not do, he made a choice to focus on what he could do and he got much further than anybody ever expected. Every single day of our lives, we are faced with a choice to allow the problems and the struggles and the trials of our life to debilitate us, to sideline us, to incapacitate us, or we choose to press on. Regardless of the opposition, regardless of the troubles. I almost want to say this morning, it's high time that some Christians... Stop using their problems as an excuse to give up. There are everybody in this room, can I just say this morning, every single person in this room has problems. If you don't have problems, come see me after church. I'll give you some of mine, amen? We all have problems and we are faced with a choice every single day of our life. We're gonna either let that problem sideline us and keep us from pressing on or we're gonna make a choice that in the face of opposition, in the face of our problems, we're gonna press on. We're going to press on. You say, well, Pastor, Paul didn't have any problems. Take your Bibles and go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. How many understand this morning Paul had his own share of problems? <laughs> As I mentioned, he writes, I pressed toward the mark for the prize while sitting in jail. That's, a, that's commitment right there. And sometimes we feel like we're in jail, but we can still choose to press on. Look at First, Second Corinthians chapter 11. Paul says, I speak as concerning reproach. He goes on to talk about them being Hebrews. He's a Hebrew and all this stuff. He talked about all this, but I want you to skip down for sake of time. Look at verse 24. He says, of the Jews, five times received I 40 stripes, save one. I've never been beaten in public for my faith. Not one time. Look at verse 25. Thrice, three times was I beaten with rods and stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I've been in the deep. He was floating in the water. I, I, I don't like going into water I can't see the bottom of. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? If it's a pool, that's cool. But if it's the ocean, it's like sharks, you know, all this stuff. He was, I mean, floating, I mean, that's incredible. Verse 26, in journeys often. In perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of mine own countrymen, in perils of the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils of the wilderness, in perils of the sea. How many understand? He was in perils. In perils among false brethren, weariness and painfulness, watching often, hungering and thirst, fastings often, cold and nakedness. Paul says, besides those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of the churches, plural, many churches that he cared for, who is is weak. Am I not weak? Who is offended? And I burn not. If I must needs glory, I will glory of these things which concern my infirmities. Paul says, in my infirmities, in my pain, in the cold, in the hunger, all of these things, in the face of my problems, I'm gonna press on. I'm gonna press on. That's your choice this morning. That's your choice this morning. Because every person has problems. I said every person has problems. Amen. So you either quit or you press on. Can I just be your cheerleader today? I know you have problems and I know they're discouraging. And I know they're, I know they're, they're disappointing. And I know that they're distracting in these problems. But may I just be your cheerleader? Press on. Amen. Somebody needs you to press on. Somebody needs you. Say, Pastor, you don't understand. You don't, know what, you don't understand what I understand. I don't understand. <laughs> I understand that I don't understand. But I do know that he understands. Keep pressing on. You say, Pastor, I don't know if this marriage is worth it. Can I tell you, that's the best marriage you're ever going to have, the one that you're in right now. Keep pressing on. You say, Pastor, I, you have no idea what I'm dealing with with my kids. I, I don't. But keep pressing on. Keep pressing on. You ever heard that expression, put your shoulder to the grindstone? Just keep pressing on. Listen, I know other people are quitting around us. You keep pressing on. I know other people disappoint us. Keep pressing on. I understand that people fail and they hurt us. And boy, it's tough sometimes, but keep pressing on. Just keep pressing on. Paul says, I press toward the mark. I press towards the mark. Don't forget that Paul also had a thorn in the flesh. Three times he asked God to remove it. God said what? God chose to allow Paul to have the thorn. And yet Paul said, I'm going to keep pressing on. You see, Paul had in him the same Holy Spirit that you have in you today. Is the same Holy Spirit, is is he the same as he was 2,000 years ago as he is today? You have the same Holy Spirit that Paul had, and that's our help. I said, that's our help. That's our encouragement. That's our guide. That's our strength, that Holy Spirit's power. So keep pressing on. Paul didn't accomplish all that he did because he was problem-free Paul pressed on in the face of problems. Don't let the problems of your finances or your family or your fear keep you from pressing on. I'm so thankful that the first century Christian, the first century Christians didn't allow the fear of danger to them. Keep them from pressing on. Keep pressing on. Perhaps you want to press on today and you want to serve Maybe again, maybe you haven't served in a while, but you want to get back to pressing on. Perhaps you want to keep that, that marriage together. And by the way, uh, you have people here that love you and care about you. If you're struggling with something, come talk to us. We want to be a help to you. Don't fight, don't fight things alone. Come, come talk with us, myself, our wives. We'd love to pray with you and be a blessing to you but maybe you're here and, and you want to engage your children or maybe you want to get out of debt or whatever the thing is in your life that you're struggling with and you want to press on and maybe you're thinking, I don't feel like pressing on. Did anybody have the wind knocked out of you this year a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> and Maybe you're thinking this morning, I want to press on, but honestly, the truth is, I don't feel like it. Matter of fact, I feel like just backing off a little bit. I'd like to just back off a little bit. Can I just tell you something? There's no joy in backing off. I didn't say taking a break. There's no joy in backing off, though. We all need vacations, and all God's people said, man, I got to fish. Man, I got to fish. I tell you, did I tell you I caught fish? Limited out, amen. 20 pounds of trout, amen. We trout for days. Everybody needs a break. Everybody needs vacations. That's not what I'm talking about. But there's no joy when you back off what God has for you. Keep pressing on. Keep pressing on. See, lastly, the last thing I see here is Paul says this. Look at verse 14. And here's the key, I I believe. Because we all have problems, amen? So how do we keep pressing on? Paul says, I press toward the mark. There is an end goal there. What was at the end goal? I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The last thing I see here that really helps me, I hope it helps you, is we can. I knew that was going to fall down. Huh? You owe me 10 bucks. No, I'm just kidding. We didn't bet on that. I knew that was going to happen. We were watching it. The whole service were like, please hold on. Didn't make it. Paul says this. He says, I press for the prize. What's the prize? See, we can press when we're focused on the prize. That's number three. We can press when we're focused on the prize. Each and every person in this room tonight has a higher calling of God on their life. This morning, excuse me. Let me say that again, because some of you don't agree with me, but think about what I just said. Every single person in this room, from the youngest to the oldest, you have a higher calling of God on your life. You say, I don't know if I believe that. Jeremiah chapter number one tells us this. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. God says, before you were born, by the way, that's why abortion is such an evil thing. God knows every single one of those little children, before they ever exit the mother's womb, God knows who those kids are. They have a life, they have a soul, and they will be in heaven. That's beside the point. But, but Jeremiah says, before I, God says to Jeremiah, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. I set you apart for a purpose. God has a higher purpose for your life today. You say, well, pastor, what are you talking about? I, I'm just a plumber. Oh, no, you're not. You're God's plumber. I said, you're God's plumber. God needs plumbers, brother. Let me tell you. You're God. Say, Pastor, I, I'm just a software engineer. How, how, how I mean, what, what am I going to do? Listen, you're not just any software engineer. You're God's software engineer. Well, Pastor, I'm just a delivery guy. I, I just work as a nurse. What am I supposed to do with my life? Listen, God has a higher purpose for your life, a higher calling. I said a higher calling. And that higher calling could be a lot of different things. For some of you, a higher calling is sitting your family down at the table every day and teaching them God's Word. Uh, Some of you, the higher calling for some of you ladies is raising godly children to serve God with their life instead of living a selfish life. For some of you, the higher calling is to bring a little boy on the bus and to teach him about God's Word when nobody else will tell him about the love of Christ in his life. Some of you, the higher calling is to stand up here and to sing a song beautifully to us when others of us can't sing. Can't carry a tune in a bucket, amen? Some of you have a higher calling in your life to to usher, and some of you to do security. Some of you have a higher calling to tell that guy at work about Christ, and nobody else will tell him about Christ, but you will. You have a higher calling in your life. And the problem is we get so distracted with our problems, and we get so distracted with the past, and we get so distracted with the things of life that we lose sight of that prize of that higher calling, which is in Christ Jesus. You have a higher calling in your life. What is the higher calling? I've known Christians over the years. Oh, I got to tell you, I've known Christians over the years. And they were delivery drivers and they were, they were truck drivers and they were, uh, they were real estate agents and, and all kinds of different jobs and construction workers and all these different things. And they did all those things. And, but instead of just focusing on that, they had a higher calling. And so they served God and they realize the joy that you find when you find that higher calling in your life. Leverage leverage your career for the lord leverage it some of you have a witness to people i will never meet could never meet some of you have subordinates some of you have coworkers that that will never darken the door of a church but you have a higher calling Some of you this morning, you're upwards in age, and God has given you wisdom and experience. And you have, I'm preaching this morning, and you're thinking about all these wonderful things in your life that God has allowed you to do. And may I just say, God has gifted you with all that all that experience, and God has gifted you with all that wisdom not to watch the younger people do it. God has given you that wisdom and given you the ability to have a higher calling in your life. Teenagers, you have something that I wish I had. Energy. My kids, man, they till you know whatever time. I'm like, what's wrong with you guys? Go to bed, you know? God has given you energy, but he's also given you a higher call, higher call. And our problem is, and I'm telling you right now, I've, I've seen it over and over again, brother, that's really, and, and it grieves me every time I see it. When people lose that higher call, they lose their joy and they struggle. You can serve the Lord with problems. Is anybody in here not have problems? You can serve the Lord with heartache. You can serve the Lord with these things. I'm just telling you this morning, keep that higher call. Keep that prize as your focus. Don't be focusing on the problems and don't focus on what happened in the past. Keep your eyes forward on that prize, the high calling of God. The high calling of God. There are no average people. There are no extras in God's plan. Does anybody here know what a red shirt is? Those of you Star Trek fans and uh, you Star Wars fans, who doesn't know what a red shirt is? Okay, I'm going to explain it to you. You ready? A red shirt is somebody who gets cast and put on a TV show or a movie just for the purpose of dying. God has no extras in his plan. God has no red shirts in his purpose. You have a plan. God has a plan for your life. You weren't an accident and all God's people said, am I, am I connecting at home today? I feel like I just need to keep preaching here. Because some people think, well, let somebody else do it. I don't really. I'm not talented. I don't have. Oh, I gotta tell you, God created you for a purpose. God has a purpose for you. I don't know what it is. You might. You might want to come talk to me, or brother, or I Say, what can I do? What can I do? What? Help me with my purpose. But listen, God has a purpose for you. A higher calling for you. Press on. Press on. Can I ask you a question this morning? What is your higher calling? See, pastor, I don't know. I'm not sure. It's time to pray and seek what that higher calling might be. At the end of the day, when we move from this life to the next, on our deathbed, when we say goodbye to our loved ones, I don't know that we're going to care so much about the box of trophies. I don't know that we're going to care so much about those things. I think that when we move from this life to the next, there's something that we are going to care about, and that's what we did for Christ. What we did for Christ I'm not trying to hurt anybody this morning. Please don't get me wrong. I'm trying to encourage you to press on. i said, I know it's hard to serve the Lord in 2020. It was hard for Paul to serve the Lord. It was hard for the first century Christians to serve the Lord. It was hard all through the ages, and it still is hard today to serve the Lord. But listen, we have to put our shoulders to the grindstone and keep pressing on. Don't lose focus of the prize. Here's what I believe, and I'll close here in just a moment. What I think that Christ needs right now And what God has been looking for is for someone to stand in the gap. Who will go for us? There needs to be some Christians that raise their hand and say, that's me. I'm just a plumber, but I can pass out a gospel track. And all God's people said, hopefully you wash your hands first, but you know what I'm talking about. I'm just a truck driver, but I can run the sound ministry. I'm just a nurse, but I can work in the nursery. And all God's people said, leverage your life for the Lord. Can I just share my heart with you this morning? about something before I pray. It's the last Sunday in 2020. I shared it this morning. I'll share it with you, and I'll close. I truly, sincerely, passionately believe that we can have revival in California. I said in California. I didn't say in Idaho. Forget Idaho. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I believe with all my heart, as I'm standing here this morning, that we can have revival in California. If I didn't believe that, I'd quit. May I just say to you this morning, with all my heart, we have to have personal revival before that happens. Before we can press towards that mark, we have to decide. We have to decide in our hearts that no matter what life brings our way this year, we're just going to keep pressing on. Can you imagine this morning if every single person in this room decided, they made the decision that in 2021, I'm going to keep pressing towards that higher calling. Can you just imagine? So it's time to put the past where it belongs, in the past. It's time to take the trophies and the troubles, the ribbons and the regrets, and put them in the past where they belong. It's time to decide that even in the face of our problems, which are many, that we're going to keep pressing on. It's time that we find that prize, that higher calling in our life. And may I challenge you, church family, Keep pressing on. Let's pray together this morning.